Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We're breaking down the signing class. We're talking about everybody. If we, you know, we've hit a couple guys before when they, whenever they committed, but uh, really get diving in deep, what we like about them, what we think they can work on, uh, how are they going to fit into this team, and, you know, what they can bring to the table, um, and an overall breakdown of how recruiting works, why, you know, the Bamos, the Floridas, the Texas A&Ms, what's happening with them, and you know, how they're so far ahead as of right now. But uh, super excited for this one. Hopefully you guys can uh, get our point of views on it. So let's jump into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17, pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. The 35 to the 40 to the 45 to the 50 to the 45 to the 40 to the 35 30 25 20 15 10 5 what did he do all he did was score joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one okay so before we jump into the podcast gotta shout out our number one sponsor betonline.ag you gotta go there to bet on any games listen Football, full swing. We're getting into bowl games. We're getting into college football playoffs. It's getting a later half of the NFL, you know, maybe some playoffs coming up. Basketball's in full swing. NBA, college basketball, now just starting up. To make all those games more exciting, you got to bet on them. Put some money down. It really gets the adrenaline going. So for stats, for odds, for spreads, everything that you need, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh Right now, they've just updated their um, desktop version of their website, so it looks brand new. So go there or on your mobile device, and when you sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. So make sure and use that when you when you first sign up and you receive that 50% welcome bonus, which is just, hey, it's extra money. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so head on over to uh, betonline.ag. It's it's the best place to do any bets. Um, it's just the best sports book out there. So go on over. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Going to have a great podcast here talking about all of our signees from Wednesday. Well, I don't know if we're going to get through all of them. We're going to try and talk about the big ones. Um, but first and foremost... How we doing, bud? Hey, what's up? Saturday morning. Uh, we're doing this a little bit early so that Kyler can get the pot out to you guys on Monday since uh, we just had national signing or early national signing day on Wednesday. Which at this point, it's like, is this not just signing day? 
I got, I hate having two days. Yeah, true. It, I just, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be content appropriate. But anyway, <laughs> I got my big orange uh, sweatshirt on because uh, the Vols were supposed to play Memphis today. And because we're talking about recruits, but I guess the news just broke. I don't know if, I guess that we're not playing today because of COVID. So that super sucks, but we're going to drill this a really good pod. Like I said, we're not huge on news breaking um, recruiting, but I do enjoy watching some of their highlights and trying to break down and see what we think about some of these guys. Um, so we've hit, we've hit on a couple guys throughout the year. Like we've talked about, you know, like I know like uh, Caleb Perry and Addison Nichols and, um, and um, the running back from um, down in Louisiana, which I absolutely love, Dylan Sampson, I think is his name. Yeah, we talked about Christian Harrison a little bit whenever he committed. Yeah, yeah, that was a few weeks ago. I'll probably hit on him a little bit more because I had not watched a ton. But we've, we talked about Mo Clipper, uh, Messiah Reddick, so, and my dude, Squirrel, which I, I am a big fan of Squirrel. Uh, yeah, it is Dylan Sampson, so I wanted to make sure I had his name right. But I, I remember watching this film. But, so we're going to kind of hit on some of the newer guys, break down some of the film, just talk about them as a recruit, and then uh, and go go from there. So I'm, I'm ready to jump into it. All right. So who do you want to start on? I, I, I would prefer, just because these are my <laughs> – where my notes are, but let's go uh, Justin Williams first. Okay. Okay. Well, Justin Williams. Um, I really did like him a lot. Uh I thought the best part about him is that he was creating arm tackles. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, when he's running the ball, it's like, instead of just straight up juking a dude out and completely, like, having him miss, he's creating an arm tackle, which is just getting to the edge of the tackler and honestly saves him effort, time, and gets him to where he needs to go faster, which I just was like, that's that is a skill that I didn't even really concentrate on with running back, but watching that film, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like he's purposely doing that, and I thought that was such a great attribute of his game. So for me, um, and by, by the way, it's a little staticky on my end. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. I don't know if you're like try to sit back and look. Are you normal where you are to the mic? Sorry, folks. I mean, I might be a little bit closer. Yeah, drop back just a little bit. It's a little staticky. <laughs> okay. Get back in that pocket a little bit. You know, this is we need a seven step, not a five step. Seven step drop. Gotcha. I don't know what it might be, and it might be my phone. Anyways, Justin Williams. So I try not to get really excited about these guys before they before they sign or watching their stuff before they sign and then because I don't want to be bummed out if they don't and then I'm like well who cares if we get bummed out like whatever but he was one of the first guys I I turned the film on when we were going to be going through this podcast and I was I was impressed I was actually really impressed first off he looks solid he's six foot 205 you know he has a he had a pretty good uh, offer list but like the one thing that matters in all football all levels of football and one thing that this this um coaching staff really wants is speed speed straight up kills like in football it's the one thing like you can have an above average football player and his traits might be um toughness 
and he's uh, good mentally and he sees the field well, has good instincts and all that stuff. And he can be a pretty good player. But you can also have an average player. And if he's got speed, like, it, I would rather have him because especially on the offensive side of the ball because, you know, some of that other stuff can't make up for speed. But when I watched uh, Justin Williams, first off, it kind of looked like what I want to see is child's play. And it kind of looked like child's play a little bit. I mean, he would hit a hole and gone and, and they couldn't keep up with him. But the other thing is that was really impressive is like you were talking about his tackles. It was very, very weird. Like not only it was like he didn't get affected by tackles. Like I almost wanted to say he had some AK in him where it was like people would just hit and he'd bounce off. No, like I'm not talking about AK in high school. I'm talking about AK in college and the NFL. Like, People will legit get a good shot on him and a good hit, and he might, like, halfway stumble or stop but keep going because he's got um, unbelievable balance. Like, for Justin, he was just running, and people would hit him, and it was like he didn't even break stride. It was really trippy to see. Like, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, but it's like he wasn't affected by tackles. Yeah, that's what that's what I was like. He He's creating bad tackles with how he's running. It, it's almost insane. It, it's it's weird. Like I've I've never. Yeah, it's like there was all these high school kids, and and you know there's there's different films that we've seen over the years because these these higher level uh, high school at, or higher level Division one prospects when they are playing high school, there are some people that just don't need to be out there with them. But like, I mean, some of these kids like legitimately didn't stand a chance, and it's just like it was kind of funny. A couple other things that I love seeing is, and I know this is maybe gonna sound a little weird. I love seeing the screen game. I don't see a ton of – well, I personally am not probably watching a ton of high school running back film, but I don't see a ton of screen plays a lot, and that's one thing that is big in, in Heifel's offense. Um, and I thought he ran him well. Like, I thought he was patient, kind of showed the little fake stock block, run around, got him good hands. And, like, people are like, oh, wow, like, sweet, great hands on a screen play. Like, no, that's important. Like – like, have you seen some of these running backs, like, try to catch a screen pass and it just looks super, super awkward? Hence, the best running back in the world, Derrick Henry. Like, his first couple of years, he looked like a robot trying to run some of these screens. And yeah. even when the ball is in the air sometimes, I'm still worried he's not going to catch it. But so it's like, as a high school kid, for him to kind of have that poise and to run good screens. And then the, other, the last thing I want to talk about him or say, like, if he has good vision, which it's kind of hard to know if he's got good vision in high school because he's probably just hitting the hole and taking off and faster than everybody. But um, if he can get down his pass pro and his visions are good, this kid's going to play early, which is not even a, a hot take or a long shot because, I mean, did you guys see the amount of running backs that we played this year? Yeah. So if this, kid, if this kid comes in or even same thing with Dylan Sampson, who I love because he's got speed for days as well, like, those guys are going to have a chance to be an impact early. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, I think he does have great vision with, with what I saw. Just being able to set up his blockers, like you said, on the screens, like that is that is a skill in and of itself that a lot of people don't even talk about. It's like you have to set up your blocks. I mean, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've been just ticked off because. A running back runs past me on a screen. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no one's gonna catch you. Just slow down a little bit. Let me get let me get up to speed. Like, I know I'm not as fast as you, but let me help you out. Um big boys a little bit longer, get going. Yeah, exactly. But I, I thought he did it. Yeah, I thought he was great. I, 
I honestly like him more than Dylan Sampson. Really? Yeah. And then we can jump to Dylan now because just like stay in those running back group. But what like what do you have on on Dylan? I mean, speed, 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 speed. Um, and that's one of the, the that's the first when we first signed him. That was one of the first things that I had talked about. Like, um, you know, I, I still think he's a good quality running back. I think they're a, a little bit similar. Um, one thing I didn't look at for these two guys is like their stats because it's just kind of like I'm assuming they just put up millions of yards or whatever. Everyone does in high school. Exactly, especially at the running back, especially at the running back. But um, I mean, I still think I, I still thought that he had a good balance at, at times. Um, you know, so like pretty similar for, for me. I don't, I would like to hear what you say about, you know, the difference on, on, for your end. Yeah. I, I was impressed with his speed, but my thing was that was it. Like watching his film, I was like, there's speed, but what else is there? Because he was just outrunning everybody. And it was like, I don't see the necessary, like, breaking down a dude and juking him out or running over somebody or having a lot of fight and breaking through tackles or um, just amazing vision. It was like, here's a play where I bounced at the outside and just outran everybody. And it was like that over and over. And it, there was like multiple plays where he wasn't even touched. And it's like, if you're not touched, how can I, like, I can't judge you off that. Like if you have a 59, 59 yard touchdown, and you weren't touched. I'm more impressed with offensive line than you. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, hey, if he can bounce outside and run past people at the next level, like, that's all we need to see. But I get what you're saying for the purpose of watching his film. It's just like, you know, it, you know, it's just. I just don't. It's not to say that he's a bad player. It's just I don't know. Like, I, I can't I can't tell what he's good at, what he's not good at. All I can tell is he's fast as heck. Well, you know what? I'm going to take speed all day. Um, and uh, he's coming from Louisiana, so um, I don't know the division that he played in. I'm guessing it's it's pretty good, um, you know. But you know that that's kind of where I was at with him. We broke him down on an earlier pod, and I just remember really liking him. And and you know, I'm always going to take. I'm always going to love some speed. Always, 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 always. It is a little weird, like that. I feel. Um, that I feel like we don't even really have like a bruiser. I mean, I know the fans freaking love um, uh, D. Beckwith. D. Beckwith. Like, they're salivating at the mouth for D. Beckwith to get on the field. And, you know, I, I, Lenith Whitehead like runs pretty hard. He runs pretty straight up. He kind of runs stiff. Like he runs hard, but I don't think he's as talented as Jabari or um, or Jalen Wright or whatever. But yeah, we still don't have that that bigger guy. So. Um, you know, they didn't bring in a – I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, Justin Williams is compact. Like, he, he looks good, but he's not a 6'2", 2'18", you know, 2'10"-looking guy. But um, – and I, I want to say this. Um, and we, Matter of fact, I'll use this to wrap up. Never mind. I kind of dived into some of the stuff, but I'll, I'll use that afterwards. Um, I was going to go – are you done with, with Dylan Sampson? Yeah, 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 I'm good with that. I, I agree with you with the, the bruiser thing. I think people are just, like, so intrigued by Ryan Mack who can run over somebody. Like, it's, like, a cool thing to see. But that 
Like, that's not necessarily Heifel's offense. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if we ran a Tennessee Titans offense and it was seven yards behind and get it full head of steam when we run, run, and pass when we have to, love it. Would love D-back with back there. But, like, it's not the same. I still, I mean, I still wouldn't mind having a nice little six, like I said, a six one, six foot, two twenty, just for a change of pace, you know. And and you know, you have him at, at running back on one of those third ones with Hendon having a chance to pull it. But but, you know, it's just I don't know. D Beckwith might show up this year and give the fans what they want, so they can stop creaming their pants for him. But um, I don't know. It's just a little weird because we kind of have all of the same type of backs. I mean, these. Dylan and Justin are a little bit bigger than Jabari, and they're probably, I mean, maybe slightly bigger than uh, Jalen Wright. Maybe Dylan's not, but. Um, yeah, Dylan's, Dylan is right in line with everyone else. I think. 180, 185, I think. Yeah, he's like 5'9, so he's going to look exactly like him. I think Justin being six foot, 200, like he's going to look a little bit bigger. Agreed. Um, yeah. I have, uh, I got Tyree West um, is somebody that I wanted to. Uh, go ahead and talk about um, this was a guy that I was excited about on signing day because I'm out and about doing different stuff, but I'm getting, I'm in my balls watch party text chain. And so I knew those guys were going to be like texting, like, Oh my God, we just got this person or Holy crap. Like this loser just decommitted or like whatever the case may be. And so we, I see Tyree West's name come up. I'm like, okay, now I'm excited to watch this guy. Of course, I love that he's a defensive lineman. Bring me all the O-line, D-line, edge rushers that we can get. Um, so I go back and I watch him. 63280. Uh, he has a very, very good offer list. Um, I mean, he was like funny because you went to his Twitter and it said at in his header, it said at Georgia football, but yet he was picked between Florida State and us, I guess, is what it came down to it. Um but 6'3", 280, good offer list. Um, he's athletic. Um, the one other thing that I noticed, that, and I hate saying this because I'm not um, comparing him to this, this guy at all, like literally at all. I'm just saying because of the move that they use. I personally have not seen this out of a high schooler, and I have not really – you don't really see it much anymore um, in this type of way, but the Reggie White, like, like shrug off one one arm punch because hump. most mo- go ahead a hump move that's what it was called where he he fake outside and then stick his inside arm underneath the armpit and lift the offensive lineman like it was called the hump oh the hump yes yeah okay you're right yeah I remember uh on Mike and Mike back then they might go off talking about yes the hump so I don't see it often but like one of the first two plays. I see Tyree, Tyree West come off, and he does it and just kind of bodies the guy. And I'm like, that's funny. Like, I haven't seen that in a while. Um, I thought that he had good hustle. Uh, there's a that, that was what I was most impressed with. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of running down the line or, or, or following guys, like not even running down the line of scrimmage, but like actual pursuit. And when he got there, he brought the wood. Um, like, he made sure to let people know that he was there uh, and to fill in. But – um, I, I liked him, but here's the thing is like, I, I wasn't in awe. So that, that's just me. Like I, when I hear like, oh, four star blue chip, like good guy. Like, I mean, I'm hoping to sit there and watch him just absolutely mangle people. And I thought he was really good. Like, I, I, like I said, he ran well, he's got a little nasty to him. 
Looks like he's got some moves. They moved him inside and outside, which is nice. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player for us. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I wasn't at all. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, yes, I can't wait for this guy to get on the show anyways. But that that's, you know. That's- I think it's – I think he is rated where he is and is, is – has the offers that he has because of his potential, not necessarily because he's ready now. Like, there are those guys where it's like, this guy could go to the dang NFL next year. He's, he's that ready. But with him, he's 280 pounds. They had him at D end a good amount. So he's like stuck between that defensive tackle, defensive end size. Um, but he shows flashes of effort, chasing wide receivers downfield, trying to make tackles, like just putting in extra work. He shows aggressiveness. Uh, like you said, loves late, like lay the wood when he gets there. I mean, he wants people to feel him. So you take that into account, take the fact that he's 280, and you're like, if I get him here and get him to 300, because you look at him, he's lean. Like, he's a lean 280. He's not a fat 280, so he can put on another 20 pounds and be fine and still have a decent amount of speed like he showed. And then it's like, holy crap. Like, imagine what this guy can do in a weight room with a little more weight to him. Um, I mean, he can be a really good player. So I think that's what it is. It's like more potential than it is he's ready now. Yeah, just and you know, sometimes, honestly, like when they're wrecking folks in high school, like it's just because of the division they're playing in. So, uh, you know, and nothing against him. I'm just saying like that. that's just what I saw. And, um, you know, but anyways, like I liked him. Obviously, I'm never going to turn down you know, uh, a blue chip four or five star, or even a three star that I think has, you know, really good potential. So, but no, I was fired up about him. So obviously it sounds like you, you like him as well. I, yeah, I do. I, I, the, it's almost like the off the field or character or like effort stuff impresses me more um, than everything else. It's like the fact that you care about playing football, that, like, you love to play football. Um, And the fact that, like, it doesn't matter if, like, I'm going to be tired on this play. I'm still going to give full effort. That's what, like, really impresses me, and he showed that. Because I've seen five stars, four stars, who are just freak athletes who can do whatever they want, but then they don't. Like, they don't chase after the ball on the defense player, or they don't run, like, the hardest route they could as a wide receiver where it's like, well, you could have ran past that guy and you wouldn't have to do the jump ball, but you decided to run slow and had to jump ball for like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So I, I will always, always, always appreciate and love and be excited about, especially since we're talking about D line effort. Like if I, if I see effort and, and I will say for the first couple of these guys, or at least like a lot of the defensive guys, it looked like they just love ball, bro. Like, they look like they were getting fired up with their team. Like they were getting fired up, like stuff like that. So like, and I, and I hope that's the case. And I, I do think that that's one thing that like this staff does want. It sounds cliche, but like it matters. Like I know for a fact, the teams that I've been on and people are playing just because what football gives them compared to pe- people that like you and I, like, we just love it. Like I, I will literally go play out in the backyard right now because I just love the game. Like, like it's, it's so enjoyable and fun. And like, that's a big difference. Like that's something even, John Robinson, the Titans talk about, like they're investing money and time and effort. They want people that are 
about the game and not about what the game brings them. So, um, and I'm not, and I don't know, like, I don't know for sure about these kids, but that's one thing, like, when I see on film, I'm like, all right, well, I'm hoping, like, he looks like he's out there having fun. He's getting fired up. Like, hopefully he loves the game because, you know, when it gets to college, man, it's hard. It's hard work. It is hard work. It's a full-time job. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you really have to, it's different. Um, Okay. Do you want to stay in the D-line range and talk about some more of those guys? Or maybe want to jump to someone else? Um, no, we can we can we can jump. I'm 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 fine either way if you if you want to jump. Um we can go ahead and talk about um so our other two, I would say like blue chippers, which I was obviously very excited about. Um, but go ahead, you go ahead and hit me with your, um, James, James Pierce, and then I'll jump in. And then after James, we'll go to, uh, double J Joshua Joseph. Okay. Yes. Dude. Um, I like James Pierce a lot. I like his size, his length, long arms. Um, he knows how to play the run too, which a lot of times you don't see in defensive ends. Like they're just all like, "Oh, where's the pass routes? Like where's the third and 10? Or you said you say you're talking about James Pierce? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they're like, "Where's the third and 10? That's when I want to make you know want to make my money, but you know not necessarily caring about first and ten. And I think he does. I think he uses his length and really like stabs offensive linemen, um, which I like. I mean. Talk about bringing wood. You said earlier he's trying to kill people. Like I think it was like the second play of his highlight. He literally decapitated that quarterback. Um, and he has a ton of moves. Like if people were watching, like his actual pass pro, I saw a swim. I saw a push pull. I saw um, a a dip underneath. I saw uh, a chop. It, like I saw multiple things that he's working on in his pass pro, which is I saw a bull rush. Like that's what I like to see out of a pass rusher because a lot of times, because they're so much more athletic, or just so much more freaks of other guys, and they just do this. Yeah, and they don't work on anything. They just run past them, and that's it. And they never work on their craft or anything like that. And it's like then once you get to the next level, you're you're slacking because you you didn't work on that stuff. You're not concentrating on offensive lineman's hands, when he's punching him, faking him out, where his hips are, all that kind of stuff. So I think it was just awesome to see that he had multiple moves when he was doing pass rush. And like you had just said earlier, guys getting fired up while they're out there. Like he's one of them. Like he loves to play football. Like he loves to freaking knock people out, which is exactly what you need as a defensive player. It was him, it was Tyree West, it was Joshua Joseph, it was some of those guys that, like, I really enjoyed uh, watching. So, first off, when I turned the film on, I was like, I mean, length for days. He, he looks skinny. He looks really skinny. Well, he, he is kind of because he's 6'5", and he's only 220. Like, I would love him to play at 245, 250-ish. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And and the thing is, is like college coaches love when I was talking about speed. Another thing they love is like a frames, speed and frames. And like so you might look like you can just like, you know, you, you guys that look good. They're not necessarily overall heavy, but like they've got the cuts and they've got the good body structure and they got good length. And it's just a good frame to put body on. Like 
that's a, besides speed, you know, they love that type of stuff. And the same thing with like offensive linemen, like hands and feet. Like they're like, they could see a guy for offensive line that's like, you know, 6'5, 270. And they're like, no, 270, who cares? He's got great feet and great hands. Like we'll, we'll get him to 315 easy. Hands, fast feet, big butt, um, long arms. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so point. it's like, so it's like there's different stuff that they're that they're looking for. But when I watch this, one thing that you did mention that I caught immediately, and I was waiting to see if you said it, they would play him inside some. Oh yeah. I'm not saying necessarily like I, I mean I thought <laughs> low man wins, and sometimes for him it's going to be hard to just obviously he's not going to be playing inside. I, I'm just saying like I like that they did that, and it's hard for him to stay low. But I thought he really brought a punch. Like, he, I was more like, oh, like, oh, wow, watching him than maybe Tyree West um, at the point of attack with a blocker. Not necessarily – like, when Tyree West got to the ball carrier, like, I was like, okay, yeah, dude, dude's bringing a little something. Like, he's, he's got a little nasty to him, which is what I want. But, like, James was just, like, heavy hands, taking on blocks, playing inside, playing outside. And like you said, like he was using a bunch of different stuff to make it happen. So like for me, I was like, I was pretty impressed. And, you know, 6'5", 220 with a great offer list with all the big time schools, um, explosion with a little bit of versatile. Like I, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. So I, w- I was pretty impressed. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you have stuff on this, but I do want to talk about um, Jordan Phillips too. Cause I don't know if we have before. We did. We did before. I was just watching his film again, and the reason why you made me think of it, I was just watching his film again, like that that first initial punch and get off. But he, I mean, his get off of the ball is insane, Jordan Phillips. Now we don't have to like dive deep into him, but he he sets the new line of scrimmage, like he sets it one to two yards back, which I was like, oh crap! Like watching that, like that's exactly what you need to do as a defensive lineman. And he's already got the body type at 300 pounds. It's like this is more of like a ready, ready now. Like I watching his film, I was like, why is he a three star? Like why is he not higher? When we first when he first committed, we talked about him, and I and I really liked him. I thought he had a good offer list. He was coming from down there in Florida, um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, because going back and watching stuff on him, this was hell. This was back in the spring or summer, I think. So I don't remember, but. There was a connection that he had with something up here because he was a Florida boy, but, like, good offer list. And, um, like, I just remember watching him and just liking everything about him. Like, he was just a very solid, good-sized kid. Like, just like you said, reset the line of scrimmage. But did you see the – I mean, the picture that already came out about him? Because he's already on campus. Like, dude already looks, like, like ready to go. Like, put him in the ball game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if, if – like – if he's balling out of practice, let's play him. <laughs> I don't even – yeah, are they even allowed to play? By the way, you, it's, it's hilarious. Like, your camera is completely frozen. I just see a picture of your face, and it's frozen, but I can st- – oh, and there you go. There you go. I can hear – your face was just like – No, yeah, it's because I'm listening to you. I'm not – I'm just paying attention. Um, I don't know if they can or not. I don't think they can. I was about to say I don't think they can either, but that would be hilarious if they can. But, but going through practice is good for them. Oh, it's amazing for him. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's great. It's great for him, and he he looked good. I mean that that picture of him looked looked really good. So, um, but yeah, I, I I was a big fan of him. So I'm I'm fired up. Um, 
All right, let's go ahead and talk about our next um, edge rusher and what do you have for me on Double J, Joshua Joseph. Uh, super lanky. The first, you know, pops out. Um, which he he plays aggressive. Uh, I thought he was a good run defender. I thought, you know, that's, like I said, with, with Pierce, this is like something I'm concerned about when I look at defensive ends. He needs to put some weight on for sure. Um, I just, I just don't think that he can, he can do it at two twenty, uh, and he needs to put his hand in the dirt. <laughs> like, I think it was almost every, every snap he was standing up. I'm like, you're not gonna be able to do that, but like, I need, I need to see more out of you. That's not just one sided, um, and I don't know if a lot of either. Coaches in high school or players in high school understand that they need to show some versatility. And they, it, like, you cannot look the exact same way before every single play and do the exact same thing. Like, I need to see something else. I need to be able to know that, hey, maybe you can go out in the flats and cover a running back on, on, you know, a little bubble. Maybe you can, you know, drop back in covers once or twice. Maybe you can defend the run. You can take on a puller. You can uh, get around a double team of a tackle and running back on pass pro. Like, I need to see multiple things. And I do think that some of these guys, they only put, like, one specific kind of play on their uh, on their highlight tapes. But that's not to say he's a bad player. I, I still liked him. I thought he played aggressive. And, like I said, good run defender. So, I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah. No, Kyler. Double J, um, yes, a lot like James Pierce. Uh, it's kind of like the little uh, Twin Towers, the little tag team boys coming in, two edge guys. So, um, like I've already said, go, good offer list, plays physical, plays explosive, um, uses his hands pretty well, good effort, good knack for the ball. Like, as we move down this list and start talking about some other people, you kind of see why Pierce and, 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 and Double J were four stars, why they had some of the offers they did compared to some of these other individuals. Um, and it is the physical tools. It is the frames. But they're just a different – they're a different quality of athlete. If you, if you look at stats, you know, each people can have different stats and each person has 10, ta- or 10 sacks or, you know, five tackles for a loss or whatever. But then when you sit back and watch how they did it, like sometimes there's just a different brand of athlete um, that's doing it, but um, I'm very excited about both those edge guys. And I'm so fired up that we got both of them with Tyree West, like kind of late in the thing to show that this, this coaching staff can close on a couple of those guys. And it's just really, really big time. And it's, it's awesome just to see it. I mean, I feel like it's just like such a hell yeah, we have Rodney Garner kind of thing because it's like, you get the Tyree West. We already talked about, um, Jordan Phillips and how impressed we were with him. And then both these edge guys, it's like, dude, like he's bringing in really good players. They might not be the five stars and everybody thinks, that, you know what I mean? But like, sure, these are very good guys. I, I don't think in any way, you know, they're drop like major drop offs of some of the, you know, guys that other teams are getting like, obviously like Walter Nolan, is an amazing player. And there's a reason like he's number two in the nation, but I wouldn't say that like 
I think he's more ready right now, but I wouldn't say that like Tyree West's potential can't be where Walter Nolan ends up. Like I don't I, I, I think he I could still get, be just as good of a college player. I was gonna go the whole podcast without saying his name, but you ruined that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I get why you were using him those example. All right, I, I, I don't want to talk about that loser. Um he, I might have to bring him up towards the end when I kind of wrap everything up, but we're gonna to continue to talk fast because we got a decent amount of people to get through. All right. So so sorry to interrupt this amazing conversation, but we have a new ad. Uh, this is Lightbox. So say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the greatest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle. Creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment um i want to go ahead and talk about uh caleb webb uh receiver you know six two and a half six three one eighty five um you know we pulled him in and a lot of these guys that we pulled in later or on actual early signing day or as you say national signing day or whatever it just keeps this i keep doing the hand moment the hand movement like i did last podcast like you always want to keep the trajectory of the program up. And I mean that whether it's with recruiting, you know, transfer portals, and that's getting guys or not losing guys, you know, or if it's we go and compete well in the bowl game or, um, you know, just little things that a player or coach does that continues good. You don't want to give people any chance at all to write any sort of negative article because we want everything to be continuing the trajectory to go up because it helps build the program. So I was happy. I say all that to say Caleb Webb was one of those guys. He picked us. He was a four-star. Offer list was a little weird. And some of these guys we're about to get into, like the offer list was a little weird. Like, I mean, his biggest ones were UT and Michigan. Like, I mean, you know, and so it's kind of like whatever. Like I said, he has good size. He uses his hands well. But he looks like he's just a – he's like a zero route guy, kind of like he's just a go guy. And it's just like he'll he'll, he'll either – He'll either take the top off uh, on a on just a streak or a, or a post, um, which don't get me wrong. If you can do that and you do it well, and especially after seeing what Heupel did this past season with Cedric Tillman and um, and uh, VJ on the slot shots, and then our boy Javante Payton, like bro, if you can do it, you're gonna have an opportunity. You just run by him, and we're gonna throw it up to you. Um, I would have maybe liked to have seen a little bit more run after the pass or some of these different, I saw like one drag route and it, he got like 12 yards on it, but that, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Because I think it's a compliment of this class. Like I'm, I'm pretty high on Chase Nimrod that people, you know, I think he's going to be, he could be a very solid um, college receiver, but then you talk about my dude who I love squirrel white, who's going to be able to probably do it all. 
and if it, you know everything that people are talking about is that he got a late push from Georgia and he stayed with us. Um, and then and then Cam Miller. Cam Miller's kind of like a CP in a way, like just get the guy the ball. Like we talked about him already. Um, but you know, in some of his stuff, like they were just handing him the rock. So it's like I think Caleb is a very good compliment to all those guys. You got your deep shot guy, you got your guy that can do it all, get you a first down on third and six with score white. You got a guy who you can throw a screen route to, and he's going to bully people like Cam Miller. And then Chase Nimrod, who can maybe do a little bit of all things. I thought Chase did a really good job, like body control, catching out routes, deep digs. Like, he just kind of did it all. So, for me, you know, finally I saw Caleb go up and catch an end zone jump ball, which is nice. And then um, – but but I think that's what he is. And, I, you know, I think he's just a good compliment to, to the other guys we have on roster – or in the recruiting class or or on roster. Yeah, I think, like you said, he's a long strider. Like, he doesn't even look like he's moving that fast, but he's just so lanky. Like, he gets it going. Um, he's not afraid to get hit at all. I mean, he still comes down with those balls. He's diving for balls going across the middle. Like, you don't see a lot of wide receivers who are just like, yeah, I'll take the hit. Like, no big deal. That safety coming. I mean, maybe that plays into his size. Like, he knows he's bigger than those guys. And he's like, I don't care if you hit me. Um, but I like what you said, where it's like you have a little bit of everything with all of these guys. I thought um, Chase had uh, – Nimrod had great, like, breakaway speed, where it's like, okay, now I need to hit that gear and get out of here, uh, which is awesome to see. Uh, the speed of squirrel wide is just crazy. I mean, I, I – that's where I'm like, is his competition that bad or is he just really that fast? Like, it is insane how just he takes off. Like, no one can even touch him. And because of that, they just have him running go routes all the time or, or right. little screens. And <clears throat> I wish I could see more of, like, actual route running out of him. because they don't, Yeah, because they just yeah. don't – there's no need for them to do that. There's no need for them to run, like, a little hitch or, like, a dig or, like, a – like, they're just like, hey, go. Like, you're going to be fast. You're going to run past safety every time. Well, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot with Caleb and Chase Nimrod and Squirrel. I mean, I feel like Cam Miller did that too. But, I mean, like I said, for Cam Miller, they put him in running back sometimes, just hand him the rock. Yeah. So, and another thing I liked about Chase too is he high points the ball. Like, he goes up and gets Yes, that he thing. does. Yeah, um, I remember when we talked about him the first time, I remember, like, there was that one, like, deep, post that he had and he went up and bodied some guys and caught it so i, I actually was i i like chase when we first signed him and on a, like multiple pods back when we signed him and we talked about him like i i actually really like chase yeah and what i one thing i didn't realize about squirrel because i knew he was like a smaller guy but it says he's like 511 yeah and 155 that makes me feel somewhat like even better that like he can put on fifteen pounds. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not five eight, five nine, five ten. Yeah. Yeah, like he can yeah. put on fifteen pounds and and be still the same speed and get a little strength to him. So like that's that's awesome. Like I thought, I thought for sure like oh this is a five eight guy who's one fifty five yeah. and just super fast like Tyree Kill. Right. Like that's what that's what I thought. But right, he's got some room to put weight on, which is which is awesome to see. And I, I like what you said with just like everything like we're hitting all of the different things that we could have um but i i don't know if cam miller because when i was watching the film i don't know if his competition was just 
that I think bad. Yeah, I think they're. I don't think they were good, but I, I don't think they're good. But I still think he's. Uh, I think he did what he was supposed to do against that competition. He's still a bigger guy too. But for me, with all four of these guys, I think they're going to have a chance to come in and potentially. I actually think pretty much anybody in a recruiting class for UT this year or next year, like if you're good enough, you're going to have a chance to compete uh, at certain positions because of the how many we rotate. But if you come in at this receiver class and you just catch the rock and be where you're supposed to be, like you're going to have a chance to play. Like Jalen Hyatt, we thought was going to be a breakout player this year. He did not play because of either being banged up some or a lot of drops. And so what did we say they did? Like, after Callaway dropped that rock, like, bro, I don't even know if that guy's even in Knoxville anymore. Like, I'm joking. Like, but I'm just saying, like, I never I never saw Callaway again. And it's like, as long as these guys come in and know what they're supposed to do and show that they can catch the rock, they will still get some snaps. And then when you get those snaps, if you do something with them, like, I, 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 would, be, I would be honest. If we take all four of these guys, and I'm just looking at them physically, if they pick up the offense, for me, I would see Squirrel White um probably playing first and then because Caleb's kind of that Cedric Tillman ish but then like I don't I think Chase Nimrod like sits for he's the type of guy I feel like he sits for a year or two and then he comes out and he's just like a really good all-around receiver possession guy out routes dig routes and then Cam Miller like I'm just I don't know more about him I'm more excited because like I could see him being like a returner or they give squirrels to him because he's a bigger guy. But like, I would say squirrels, the guy that I could see playing more right away. And yeah. then Caleb and then Caleb replacing, you know, Caleb replacing, uh, Tillman, Tillman and, um, yes. And then Nimrod or, uh, Miller kind of replacing that Velas Jones or like Javante Payton type. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think Chase would play quicker than, Caleb, honestly, like in my opinion, I just like Chase more. I think he's a, I think he he's just looked more receiver. ready. Like I think he yeah. has more to his game. Um, yeah. But what I really want out of Squirrel is like for him to be like our Cardarius Tony. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, earlier I said it. We need like we need the third and six. How does he not beat him? You know, beat, yeah. beat the one on one coverage or or find a spot in zone. But dude, dude, are you put him in the slot? Are you kidding me? He will freaking whoop a linebacker trying to cover him. Yeah. It would it would be gross. Yeah. Um, okay, how about we move into some DBs? Yes, I'm. I'm. Yes, I want to. I want to talk about. I am so fired up. This is the one guy I started out and I didn't know anything about, but I want to talk about Desmond Williams, the JUCO kid. Okay, five eleven, five eleven, one ninety, good size. Um, I'm just gonna be honest. I loved everything about him. Not a great offer list at all. Like. But I did too. Dude, I loved it all. I, I I mean, I would say I would say him and Squirrel are like two of my favorites in this class so far. But like with Desmond, he attacks the ball super well. For he he literally looks like he could be a receiver the way he high points the ball, the way he attacks it. He not only went up and uh, caught like caught one where he high pointed and jumped it and kind of jumped around. He also had the one where he was running with the receiver. Receiver falls off, and if you're watching on YouTube, he goes up and kind of catches it over the shoulder like a cradle catch. Like really good hands. Dude's a punt returner. He ran He ran really well, scored a touchdown on another one. He almost scored, but ran hard. Good athlete, good feet, good balance. The one that I was waiting to see on defense, I was like, all right, 
let me see you make a tackle. Let me see you get off a block. I never saw him get off a block, but I saw him have some of those, like, get me fired up, rebaking tackles where you come in and you freaking shoot your gun and you slide in and make a nice submarine tackle. Like, it's that CBS 330 game. It's a third and seven. They throw a guy out there. You see it, trust your eyes, shoot the gun, and you ride in, slide, hit the tackle, hit him with the flex, and then, like, you know, and then Gary Danielson's like, that's a big stop. And then it's like going to timeout and they do the slow-mo and it's like him getting up and like flexing after that. Like, that's what I picture for him. Like, <laughs> like on those tackles, like that's what I, I love. love. I love your entire story. You're like, you're going in your head. That's, but that's, that, what I, that's that is exactly vision. what would that's happen. That's my vision. Like I'm watching us on a three thirty game, you know, it's, you know, next year part is here. So I'll be there, but we'll say like another game that's an away game. And like I, you know, a Georgia game, and he slides in, makes a tackle, and Gary's like, "Hold on, Tennessee's not quite done yet." And then I have to like scurry to the bathroom real quick to come back. But so I like it. And then the two block kicks that I saw, like I don't, I think they were PATs, but like, dude's giving effort, dude's trying. Obviously, he loves ball. Like he's competing on those downs. Like I'm telling you, for a three star at a JUCO with a sketchy offer list, like I loved everything I saw. Oh, and last thing. I saw all the jump balls. I saw all the punts. I wanted to see him turn his hips a couple times. And he turned his hip. He flipped his hip twice on one play that you're never supposed to do that as a DB because you're told if they break you and you have to turn your hips mid like you're done. But he literally opens, flips, and then flips again and is still in position to make the play. So, obviously, you see me. I'm getting excited. Like, I loved everything I saw from him. Yeah, I did too. I I could – I. I wrote down everything that you just said, like shoots the gun on the tackles, a great returner, crazy ball skills. Uh, he's not getting beat deep. Like the way he. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me say that. I'm so happy you said you th- because the plays that the guy was behind him, he caught up well with the speed. He caught up well with his competition, meaning like he was there, he was fighting with the ball. He got his hands out and he still knocked it away. Sorry. So I even like that about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like like some of those, I almost think he like slow played it to yes, possibly get an did. interception or or bat the ball down. Like on the INTs, he definitely slow played some of them. Like, go ahead and throw it. Come on. Like I know you want to. I know you think he's about to run past me. Like, go ahead. Um, so I love that out of him. I I I think I think he'd be a great player for us. I I I'm really I really am super excited about him. Uh, also being a Juco guy, he might be able to come in and play earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think he can get in the rotation easily. And I mean, that's what we've been struggling with on defense is depth. Like guys just not getting freaking worn out. Um, and honestly, I mean, he might, like you said, we haven't seen him on any blocks, like with a, you know, trying to get off blocks, but might be like a good replacement for Theo, just like being in, that little nickel sure. spot, absolutely, absolutely, and, and covering guys because I mean he is definitely like a cover corner, um, and you, the block kicks. Like my coaches in college, that's what the, like all the offensive coaches go. You know how good of a player, how good a pl- a defensive player is with the amount of effort he puts on field goal, because that's like, or PAT that more specifically because like you just let up a touchdown. Like you're making it 99% of the time, you know, a lot of guys are just like, eh, whatever. Like they're just like pissed that they gave up a touchdown. Who was the one who like snaps and clears and gets up there and is like, hell, I'm not going to let him get one more point. 
And like, those are the guys you got to be careful and watch out for as an offensive player. So he shows that he's like, you ain't getting free points on me. Like, I don't give a crap who you are. Um, so I love that. And then, uh, or the other, some of the other guys like Jordan Thomas, I don't know if you watched him, but you would love yeah. him. He, he, he comes up and lays the wood. He talks shit. He, he's ball conscious, like plays where he's coming up from that safety position and just laying people out. Like he, he laid this dude out on the sidelines once and just stood over him, just immediately got in his grill. And all I thought was you, I was like, dude, Reed would absolutely love that. And then there was plays where like guy was wrapped up and he's not going to make the tackle. So what does he do? He comes in and rips the ball out and returns it for a touchdown. Like, he's just always like, where's that ball? Like, can I, can I get it out? Can, can, can we cause a fumble? Can, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of defensive players who aren't necessarily thinking about that. They're just thinking about the tackle. And it's like, Hey, sometimes try, like getting turnovers is way like way better for your team. So like, let's try for that. Um, and then uh, Christian Harrison, which we've kind of talked about, but like, I, I love Christian Harrison. I, I really do. I think he's – I think he has great smooth hips. I think he can flip really well. I think he plays the ball well, just like just like Desmond does. They both could be wide receivers if they wanted to. Like, they, they, they have good hands. And, uh, you know, he's not allowing easy catches. Christian is a guy who, if he is beat, he's going to get back up – get back to you and knock the ball down as you're trying to complete the catch. Right, that's what I saw out of Desmond. Yes. Yeah, which is like you don't give up on the play. You're just gonna, you're gonna keep going. So, I love. I, yeah, I, I'm excited about all three of those guys. I think they're gonna be great defensive backs for us. I, I love Desmond, and I like the other two. Um, it was funny when we did the podcast when I was up in Plymouth, and I made a comment literally that night. I was sitting in the hotel room, and um, and Christian had just. Um, announced. And I said, well, the one thing I love about this is his dad, you know, like even getting pub or this. And literally that night they opened or like did an opening with him where it was um, not Chris Collinsworth, but uh, his son, maybe Jackson. I forget what Chris Collinsworth's name, his son's name is, but they go to Rodney and they're like, hey, it's a big night for you guys. Big time in the, you know, in the Harrison household. And he's like, yeah, and they showed UT and all that stuff is like, oh, and then of course, like it was funny that I just said it, and then 30 minutes later it happens, and then everyone on Twitter like videos it and tweets it out and gets like nine kajillion retweets. And I'm like, all right, Reed, well, maybe if you weren't lazy and just you know would have tweeted it out, <laughs> it could have it could have helped grow the podcast, but um, no, but I thought he was very fluid as well. There was a lot of times where they left him out on an island, and I liked it. And something that I will always, always respect. If I could sit here and watch a highlight tape of a corner and it's two minutes long and everything is either getting off blocks and big hits, interceptions, you know, stuff like that, like, I'm going to love it. That's, that's awesome. But what I want to see is when you are beat and it's because either you had your eyes in the wrong place or you maybe stumbled a little bit, you know, you stumbled a little bit because as a defensive back and as a defensive back that – when I, when I was at Memphis, as a guy there who was honestly maybe the slowest guy in the entire corners and safeties room, 
And the only reason that I can halfway compete with some of those guys is because of where I put myself in position or how I try to play smart um, or how I like had my instincts. But there's nothing more demoralizing than when you know that you're beat, even if it's by a step and you see the ball in the air. And it's this, I swear to you guys, it is this mental clarity that you have for a, I mean, it's like when life slows down, like you're in the slow mode, like you're in the twilight zone and you literally turn and you're like, I'm beat. And there's just a natural reaction to just be like, well, for me sometimes, cause I'm so competitive. Like I just like, like, I feel so bad, but it's like that clarity where you're like, no, bro, like you're not fast, but keep running, keep running, get a hand up because you never know what's going to happen. And that was one of those things that, like, like I said, I could watch a, a highlight video and they're making tackles and they're getting up blocks and they're making picks. But I want to see when you get beat because it's going to happen, how you react. And like I said, that's what I liked about Desmond. I saw a little bit of that. Like, I, I, I trust that, you know, Christian's going to do that. And so, like, that's what I want out of DBs. And, and that's why I did. I, we're talking about all of them, but that's why I love Desmond so much. Because it's just like, bro, you got to keep playing. You got to keep playing the game. Like, what if it's not a clean catch and you hustled and you were able to just get a hand in there or save a touchdown tackle or whatever? But for me, for Jordan Thomas, good size, 6'2, 190, very average offer, offer list again. And to be honest, I think a, a reason for a lot of these average offer lists, and I'm going to talk about it and kind of make it, but when we get to Elijah Herring, the next guy I'm going to talk about, like, do you see the difference in him athletically and the difference in Double J and uh, James Pierce off the edge, like with their speed and their length and their size? Like, and I feel like as Tennessee, Jordan Thomas is a good player, but to get the, the, the Florida DBs of the past, the LSU DBs of the past, the Alabama DBs, like we still need another level of athlete. Not to say that Jordan Thomas, I didn't like what I saw, but I could see him being another Trey Flowers, Tate McCullough, like a very steady player. I don't see him being a dog, but I do love how he played. Like I respected him getting the most out of him. Like still a good sized kid, still a good athlete. Like he was in position well on a tip ball to make a play. He definitely brought the wood. I mean, on kickoff, it showed him murder a kid. You know, if you're one of the best players on your team, you don't think that you're on kickoff. And he goes down there and absolutely sets the tone. Like you said, he brought some swagger about him. He let dude. I was really I, I was watching that film. I was like, why aren't they blocking this guy? Yeah. Like there was yeah. places they didn't even touch him. Like well, y'all yeah. are idiots. Yeah, and so it was like you know, and I don't know his level of competition because some of it, what watching, I didn't know the other team did not look like the uh, most stellar of talent. But like, I'm still not going to knock you, bro. Like if you're bringing the wood and you're about that attitude and you're bringing it and you're playing well, so like I'm I'm intrigued. For like, like I am so excited for you and I to go to spring practice this year because now, last year when I went to spring, I was kind of like, I just want to see the team as a whole, and I, and there was a few players I wanted to see, but now like I feel like I'm in this recruiting class, and since I it was like we went last year and I watched all year and I did this podcast, so now I know more of the guys on the team. But we didn't now know I'm anybody, sure. dude. We didn't know anybody. Uh, no, I didn't either. I mean, that was all new people. Yeah, exactly. So you and I went and we're like, all right, I guess we'll watch for the quarterbacks. And then me, I want to go look at like the linebackers because I knew we didn't have any. And then when we went to uh, fall camp, it was a little bit easier. But like, I'm legitimately excited. Like, I want to go see Jordan Thomas. Like, I'm very excited to go see Desmond. Like, 
I want to see Christian Harrison. So it's like, I feel like I'm going to be even better when we go back because now I know these kids and now I've like even have a remote idea because we didn't, you and I didn't care about recruits. Like we didn't keep up with that stuff. So I'm going to jump into Elijah Herring. Okay. Six, two, six, three, two thirty. you know, Ravenwood's fine. They're, they're, they're a good school and a good program for, for, you know, Tennessee. Um, but like, you can see why he has the very average offer list, like five pretty good offers, but it's like, you don't see the pop off the line with him with whether it's his explosion or whatever. Now he still plays physical. He still competes. He still gives good efforts. I thought he did a really good job taking on blocks. I thought he did a really good job making the play when it was there. Like he brings wood. Like he had a couple nice strip sacks. Like he played the run well. Like he, you know, I, I thought he played well. Like I thought he was a very good high school player. And I could see him coming to, to Tennessee and sitting for a year or two. And then as a junior or senior, like being a, being a good role player for Tennessee, like good, being a good depth and role player and making some plays. Um, I don't know, like if he is going to be athletically limited a little bit, but I definitely still think he's going to be a good quality, whether it's depth, whether it's, like I said, junior and senior year after he's been in the program for a while. And the other thing about it is too, like, I hate saying this, but like, it's great to have him on the team because his, his brother coming next year, who's a bigger, more physical athlete, is the number one player in the state. And so it's like kind of nice that we have his brother on on scholarship because you want to, you know, hopefully get his you want to hopefully get his brother next, you know, get the younger yeah. brother next year. Well, I think I think the sad part about Elijah, and like like you said, I, I think he's playing out of position. Like he's he's not playing outside. He really looks like he's playing defensive end. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, like I want to see you as an outside linebacker. I want to see you five yards back. I want to see you be able to take on some guards coming up to get you. I, you know, I want I want to see your coverage. You want to see him an out linebacker. You said you want to see him an outside more compared to DN type deal. Yeah, like an outside okay. linebacker. Like I want to see you like go out into the flats in coverage. I want to see you possibly like stay with the tight end in the seam. I want to see it. You know, you taking on guards off alpha of double teams. Um, I want to see you run fit in a hole. Like, that's what I want to see out of because that's what you're going to do at Tennessee. You're not going to be a defensive end. Like, he's just not. I just, it, it's just, he doesn't have that length and skill set like the other guys we talked about. And those guys are going to start at defensive end. So I, I need you as an outside linebacker. I need to see your coverage skills. I need that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if it's just he's he, he more of looks, for his high school looks, team at DN. Yeah, he kind of looks more like a middle backer, to be honest that's, with you. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, put 20 pounds on him, six three, two forty, and he's still got some skill, and he's really good in avoidance. Like he's very good at like avoiding blocks. Yeah, so, he olayed he olayed that one buddy like it was a joke, like crazy. So it's just like, okay, let's get him at linebacker. I mean, hell, I I wouldn't even mind him at middle linebacker, like where you're yeah. not really asked to coverage as, as much and, and it's block. really just like more run fits and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. So <clears throat> I just feel like he's out of position right now. We can't get a true view of his skill set for the position he's going to play for us. But you, um, saw, you, but you saw what I meant by like kind of the lack of – Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. a lack of pop that you see yeah. with like Pearson yeah. and Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, 
like I was trying to explain earlier, I don't know if I did a good job of it, but like you put you and I just hypothetically, like, um, you know, you're what, what are you now? Six, you're six, four, two fifty. Two sixty five. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, so say if you hypothetically just put both of us on, on an edge and we're coming off of a blitz, like we both might make the tackle and sack, but it's going to look a hell of a lot different. You, you know what I mean? Like, so, and that's probably not a good, a good way to put it, but like, you can still make the play just there. It, it just looks a hell of a lot different. Yeah. So when, when it comes to those, uh, when it comes to those other two guys, um, for me, like I said, uh, I've actually pulled up the, the, the uh, iPad here. Like I said, we've talked about Jordan Phillips on this one and in past ones. We've talked about Addison Nichols. You love Addison Nichols. Like, you think he's going to step in right away, be a consummate pro type deal. Um, I think he's a big culture guy. Yeah. We've talked about Squirrel. We've talked about Chase. We've talked about Maurice, L.A. Clipper, um, which I liked him. I like Maurice Clipper when we watched his film the last time. I wasn't as set on Messiah Reddick. You like Messiah Reddick better, but both those guys we've talked about in pre- previous podcasts, if they want to go back and listen to that. Um, the, the one that we're going to wait and talk about maybe later is Gerald Mincy because we want to both watch maybe like some actual game film uh, of Florida, and we didn't get to do that. We were watching all these highlights of the high school kids. Mm-hmm. But, last but, but last but not least, bro, if there's no one else you want to talk about, we got to talk about the quarterback. Before we get into Taven Jackson, I do just want to shout out uh, Brian Grant because he was a guy that when he committed, I watched the film, we talked about him for a little bit, and I was like, he's just not there. Like, he's a basketball player trying to play football also. Yeah, hey, I, like, I don't even remember talking about him, but that's, exactly. just, that's my bad. He, just, he just wasn't there. But I just watched this past season because I, all I had was junior tape when he committed. I just watched this past season major major improvement really like yes like feet are so much better he's more patient in pass pro he has great balance like there are so many times where he was getting push pulled and was staying on his feet which a lot of linemen struggle with right so i'm actually more excited about him and the fact that he improved in one year that much it makes me excited for the future like oh so you can improve again over the next year and again the next year. And he, like we said with some of these other guys, he's got the body for it. He's 6'8". Like, get him up to close to 300 pounds, and he'll be just like a Joe Staley. Like, that's like that. That's the kind of body type that really does work as, at a tackle position. So, Yeah, and he played some tight end, didn't he? Uh, I don't – yeah, I'm going to actually look – I'm going to talk about Taven Taven Jackson. Then when you talk about Taven Jackson, I've I've got these highlights pulled up because now I'm excited to see him. And that's a good point that you make because a lot of guys who are – a lot of these guys who are higher level or even like, you know, we'll say even like three-star guys, four-star guys, like you see them one year and then the next year they come and they just dominate again. But like you, you don't know how much improvement you saw because it's just like it's just too easy for them. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a joke. Maybe they even get a little bit worse uh, technique-wise by their senior year. Like, they're still balling and, like, you know, they could be so big and so good and all these recruiting guys are still sucking them off and jerking them off because it's like they're still putting up these numbers. But, like, when you really diagnose it, it's like, well, his hands maybe aren't as great or his feet aren't as great. And, like, his junior year, he never got beat for a sack, but maybe his senior year he gave up two or three because of – you know, because he was so used to dominating and then he does go up against someone 
pretty good. And then you, you see what I'm saying? So it is nice to see that. So I'm excited. I got his highlights pulled up. I'll talk about him when you talk about Taven Jackson. Anyways, obviously I know who Taven Jackson is. I was very, you know, I was like excited when we got him because everyone, everything you read and stuff, like supposed to be really good. Okay. Good size kid. I like that he was such an ambassador for, for Tennessee. Like he committed pretty early. He like was never wavering. He, you know, whatever. And he was recruiting for us. Correct. So good size, good frame. 6'5", 195, could easily get to 6'5", you know, 205, 210, whatever. But I'm going to be honest with you, Kyler. Like, there was some stuff that made me nervous. There was one thing I'm about to say that was my favorite thing I saw about him. And then there was some other stuff that made me, like, a little bit, like, kind of nervous. But it was like, I thought his pocket mobility was pretty good. He's not really a mobile guy. He's not really a runner. Like, he can run if he needs to. I was just but about to more, say, he is a pocket passer who can run. Like, it's, yeah, it's there's, but, but there's like, different tiers of dual threat where, like, he's not run a read option. He's the best runner you got in the field, but it can also throw. He is a pocket passer but has mobility. I, I would There you go. And he has mobility. I would not consider him dual threat. But the thing that I liked about his mobility is it wasn't like uh, – it wasn't like some of these guys you watch and I'm smiling because you see a guy who's a freak athlete and he drops back and he gets, he sees his first reads not there. And then he like has a guy in his hip pocket. And so he starts running out to the sideline and just chucks one deep. What I liked about Taven Jackson is like, he had a guy sidestep, moved, reset his feet. And the number one thing I saw is he kept his eyes downfield at all times. I feel like you don't see that in high school players. And I don't feel like you see it in, in college players. I feel like a lot of college players, they see something and they maybe step away from it and they're thinking about getting out. I, I yeah. do not think guys reset their feet well and keep their eyes downfield. And it's like if he was on the move, his eyes were still downfield. And when he saw something he liked down, when he saw something he liked downfield, he would make the throw. And if he couldn't make the throw, that's what I'm saying. He would reset. So I thought his pocket mobility was really, really well. And he still got out of the pocket, made some runs slid got down maybe ran had a couple he had a couple running touchdowns that were nice I like his swag and his his moxie and his poise like I do think that stuff is, is important with a quarterback um only three interceptions as a senior only five picks as a junior like that's pretty good but here's what came to, to make me pretty nervous is I was looking at and I just I don't look at stats but for him I was looking at him because he's a quarterback and I was expecting him throwing for like three or four thousand yards and I look, and it says 4,000 yards. I'm like, oh, that's impressive. And then I realized that was for his entire high school career. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I was like, all right. So then I started looking at his, and he only threw for like 1,800, 1,900 yards as a senior, and he only averaged 131 passing yards a game. And for me, that was like, what the F? Like, this is because I don't keep up with recruiting. I don't look at this stuff. But I was figuring this dude was out here dropping for like 400, 500 bombs, bro, like, in high school, when you're a good quarterback, I mean, you got local kids in Knoxville that are out here throwing for three, four hundred yards a game. Uh, I mean, Chase, Chase our, our dude Chase Cunningham, who was at Catholic, who's now at uh, Mississippi or at uh, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, and he was their starter until he tore his ACL this year. But like Chase was dropping when he had Amari and Chase Kershaw and Chase Cunningham, that dynamic duo at Catholic dude, they were throwing up like four or five hundred yards. So. I was just like really weirded out by that. And I don't know how good of the football he was playing in Indiana because they won state back-to-back -back years. They didn't lose a game. 
but like only 130 yards throwing like that really kind of like was like kind of weird and it might not matter at all I'm not trying to make a big deal about it it was just kind of it was I caught me way off guard but the one reason that I'm kind of like you still excited about him is because I trust hype and I feel like I, I trust hype well I trust his staff so it's like I'm not really worried about quarterback because even if he comes in and sucks we'll get somebody else that's good so you know but it was just it was weird that I saw that yeah, I I trust Heupel too, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. That is very strange, 130 yards. Like, that seems like a game manager kind of number. is not like Correct. a star. Um, exactly. And I don't know what their offense is like. I don't know if they're, like, you know, have a really good running back or they like running with him more or, like, maybe they were causing maybe that. They were kill, maybe they were killing teams and always playing a half. I, I, don't, I don't know, like. Yeah, you know. but I, I I agree with what you're saying with Heupel because it's like it, it, no one thought Hendon Hooker was any good. Like if people watch him at Virginia Tech, he's like, yeah, he's an all right quarterback. Like he's not, well, he's not that great. And then you know what he's been able to do with under Heupel is just like a complete turnaround for him. So well, I, I thought he was above average at Virginia Tech, but I thought it was just running that 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 was what impressed me when I watched his highlight film. I thought his running was good, and then he comes here and he's a baller through the air and. Yeah. I mean, Tavon Jackson still had some really nice throws downfield, really nice touch on the ball, really good, you know, pretty good accuracy and stuff. But I don't know. I just kind of spooked me right when I saw that. But we'll find out if it matters. Um, do you, I have my recap here. Do you have anything else on Andy's players you want to talk about? Or uh, No. I think we, we hit everything that I wanted to hit and, and hopefully got some good uh, info out to the, to the masses. Well, let me let me let me ask you this just real quick. Are, are how do you feel about this overall recruiting class? <clears throat> I I mean, I comparing it to other recruiting classes, like in the hold past, on, hold on. I'm just I can't. gotta stop you. I, I gotta stop you. I hear it coming. Here comes Karen. So we're about <laughs> to. So everybody, you guys are gonna have to see my mom. She's coming in. I can hear her talking outside. Uh, we got a we got a guest on, appearance go, you, by you, a family you, member. You, you you keep talking about the 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 thing. I'm gonna go let her in. Okay. I I was saying that it's compared to other classes. This isn't like a top tier, like number one class. But compared to where we were before, and the fact we had nobody, we had transfers gone, all that kind of stuff. Now I'm just talking to you guys because Reed's not on the screen, but that was impressive that he was able to fight his way like Heupel and all the coaching staff was able to fight their way back and get up in the rankings and get four stars and guys that we didn't even think we had a shot at at one point. Like we were so down in the dumps of a recruit recruiting class that it was very impressive that it, that it got to where, where it is now and still has some time to, you know, bring in some other guys too. So that is why I was, I was very happy with this. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I got to hear that a little bit. My mom was great. She was able to get in pretty quick and easy. And I thought she was going to start talking to be funny, but I told her, I was like, Hey, we, we need to wrap this up. So um, it, 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 was, it was good that she didn't just blow the, blow the pot up. But I, and the reason I'm out in the kitchen and not in the, in the Chinese restaurants, because I was sitting out here because I want to be able to watch the game, the UT Memphis game while we were talking. But um, I think it was very, very important how we finished this recruiting class because of do to do the upward trajectory. Like it, that, that means more like 
Will Tyree West come in and be really good? Will Double J come in and be really good? Will James Pierce come in and be really good? Like some of these guys that we landed like a little bit later, will Caleb Webb come in and be really good? I would assume they're, I would assume a couple of them are going to be pretty good players. Like just, you know, out of four of them, we'll probably say two or three of them will probably be great. Maybe one of them is a bust or transfers or whatever. But it was all about the upward trajectory. That's what all this stuff is about. Like no one's going to remember if Caleb Webb comes in doesn't play and then transfers out like Malachi Weidman in, or, or whatever, just for an example, because we'll probably have someone else that's on the field producing. But when it comes to recruiting, you still want that upward momentum. And this showed that our staff was able to close the deal pretty well and go get, for me, in my opinion, positions of absolute need, not necessarily because we don't have guys on the roster, but because they're difference makers. So you get go go get two explosive edge rushers and then an, an explosive good D lineman. That's what was so important to me. If we had landed a freaking another like tight end, or if we landed like you know another running back or something else, I'm like I would been kind of annoyed. Like I was like, bro, I don't need any more receivers. I don't need any more running backs. I don't even really need a tight end. Like you know, we got our quarterback. Like just give me offensive defense lineman. I would have met you know maybe one more inside linebacker, but. I like that, you know, I'm, I'm happy we got some DBs, but it was just good to keep the upward tra- trajectory. Um, now, let me let me say this, and this is one thing that I thought was interesting. People always want to talk about, like, there's a very talk out of both sides of your mouth on recruiting. Like, I don't like believing in it and getting excited about it. Like, let me see what they do. And I know you say all the time, and we have people that message us, they're like, well, I'll take a three-star with great heart and great effort all the time compared to a five-star any day. Guys, that sounds great, and I'm the same way. But the teams that are recruiting are the team, the best are the teams that are consistently in the playoffs. Clemson's, Ohio State's, Bama's, Georgia's, Notre Dame's, all those teams. So I'm, I'm not making this up. It's facts. Like, they're the ones that are bringing these players in. And I think as Tennessee fans, since for the past 10 to 15 years, as Tennessee fans, we say that stuff. Well, we'd rather have a three-star with great heart or a three-star that produces or, or um, a three-star that um, gets better when he's on campus compared to a five-star, that's because we've seen five-stars that haven't been that great. We would all take a three-star in Derek Barnett over a five-star in Khalil McKenzie, but that's because we only maybe get one or two five-stars a year or one or two five-stars every year. Like, we didn't get one this year. I don't I don't remember if we got one last year. Um, and, then we, and then four-stars, we usually get anywhere maybe between seven to ten or 11. Well, listen to this. On rivals, and this is the order it goes, this is the order of people or, or teams, Bama's one, Texas A&M's two, Georgia's three, Texas is four, Ohio State's five, Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, North Carolina, UK, and then Vaults. Okay? So, like, I'm still happy that, that we're up there. I don't like the fact that UK's ahead of us. Um, but all those other schools, like, I get why they're ahead of us. And then you go to 24-7. And you have the Vols, uh, Texas A&M's first, then Bama, then Georgia, then you have Vols 14th behind UK, M- uh, Mizzou, and FSU. So, like, I don't like the fact that we're behind Kentucky, but Kentucky was usually in the 30s is what I saw, maybe like high 20s, 30s-ish. But this year they get two four-star kids from Tennessee with the Wade twins that, like, you know, they look like they're pretty good players. I mean, good size kids. So, like, I don't like that that they're in front of us. North Carolina's in front of us because they got a five-star from North Carolina. Missouri's in front of us because they got a five-star wide receiver 
who's like a top five or top eight player in the entire nation, but he's from St. Louis. So it's like if Tennessee will capitalize on some of the guys that are in state that we have that are blue chip, we're going to be okay. But we're just not, it's not as fortunate for us that we have the recruiting grounds as AM or, I mean, excuse me, Texas schools and Georgia and Louisiana. But just think about that. If we, if we land the Wade Twins, that's two more four-stars, and we land Walter Nolan, we have a top – we probably have a top five class, honestly. Like, it's definitely top eight, top five. You know what I mean? Because that's a four – that's a that's a two four-stars and a, and, a, and a five-star. Okay, so that's how you work your way up. But, like I said, I'm not worried necessarily about North Carolina because they had a, they had a kid in North Carolina who's a five-star who went there, UK – did a good job getting some Tennessee people, some Ohio people. It doesn't matter. UK could have the number one class every year, and I'm still not worried about them because, like I said, they're our little brother. I feel good about it. Um, but listen to these numbers. Rivals. Alabama has one five-star and 24 stars. So if they have 24 stars and we have seven, they have 10 of their guys could all be bust, and they're still going to have three four-stars that are better throughout throughout their uh, defensive 11 or their defense or their offensive 11. Okay, then you go to Texas a and they get two five-stars and 24 stars. Bro, that's 22 players. They can have 11 busts, and they're still going to have a start. They're still going to have 11 that are good players. And then you go to Georgia. Georgia has five five-stars and 14 four-stars. This is why Tennessee is not back, and this is why we haven't been back, because even when we're a top 20, top 18, top 15, top 12, like – we're good, we're okay, but we're not going to bitch where we want to get. I'm really happy that we have Heibel because I think this staff is, like I said, an advantage on game day, and I think they get the most out of players, which I don't think a lot of our staffs used to or used to do. Um, but that that's why these stars do matter because you want 24 stars compared to seven because if you do have a bust, it doesn't hurt your overall playmaking and depth. And then the last thing I'll finish up on this rant, Texas A&M, they had 26 kids. 15 of their kids were from the state of Texas. Okay, then you had Bama, and the reason Bama is so good is because of Nick Saban and their reach. Bama got kids from Florida, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Mississippi, and, and, and Louisiana. All the great hotbeds, all the great whatever. And then you go to Georgia, 11 of Georgia's 23 are from Georgia, and the other ones are from Florida, Alabama, Mississippi. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. the breakdown of where these guys are coming from is so impressive. and so. I just wanted to let the people know that that's why you can you can say your cute little stuff on Twitter and be like, I'll take three stars with heart any day, da da da. Yeah, but there's not a lot of three star, um, you know, um, Derek, Derek Barnett's. Barnett's. Yeah, there's not a lot of three star. Like even Jalen Reese Bailey, like he came in, and he was a good player for us. I mean, I like Jay Jay May. Like I like how he played. I thought he made a lot of good plays, but he wasn't like a dominant player. And then obviously he dealt with some injuries, but like. You have to start recruiting. You have to get in, like, next year and the year after that. Like, we need 12 four-stars. We need 10 four-stars and maybe one or two five-stars. Like, you, you got to have that. Like, it's not all about the stars. But then again, like, it, it's all about the blue-chip guys. And, like, I mean, it's hard to compete when Bama's got 20 four-stars. Texas A&M's got 20 of them. And then Georgia's going five and 14. Like, it's just – it's a lot. So, I don't know yeah. if you have anything on off, off of all that. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times two-thirds of your class aren't even going to be there by the end of it. 
like that was happening when I came through. They, they told us like, you know, a lot of you guys aren't going to make it all the way through. And now with transfer portal stuff, it's even more like you're lucky if you keep, let's say you have 25 total. You're lucky if you get seven to finish at your school. So it, it's, it's a wholly different landscape now. So you really do need more. It's like you need more numbers to make up for losing what you could lose. So that's why it's like, you really have to work to get all those four stars and all those five stars. Cause they're going to make a bigger difference <clears throat> when it comes to losing guys than a three-star would like stepping up in, in place of them. So there's I some, there's, agree with you. There, there's so much attrition but I do like I do think it might like yeah it's even going to be even more now with the transfer portal and I'm telling you I actually think the transfer portal will take a little step back next year because there's going to be a lot of kids that enter their name in the transfer portal this year and they are not going to have a home and like for example like a guy who's a very middle of the road who was fortunate to be on scholarship at Tennessee and I'm just using him as an example this is no knock against him but like a guy that's pretty fortunate to be on scholarship at the University of Tennessee. Like, I get it. You want to get out and play. But, like, T. Hodges, like, he was a three-star. He's from Maryville. We gave him a shot. Like, where, who, where's he going to go? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, what, where, like what's going to happen with him? And then, like, Brian Maurer was at the University of Tennessee. Now he's at Stephen F. Austin or somewhere. Like, I get it. He's a quarterback. He wants to play. Like, I'm not knocking the kids for leaving. I'm just saying that's just giving an example of how difficult it is. Harrison Bailey hasn't even found a home yet. Like, I mean, all these quarterbacks that have just transferred, whether it's you know, uh, Max Johnson, who left LSU to go in A&M, whether it's um, Dylan Gabriel is going to UCLA, like uh, Martinez, which I don't think he's good, but he's going from Nebraska. I mean, like all these guys are moving. And it's like Harrison Bailey hasn't found a home yet. Like that might be more indictment on him. But anyways, great pod. I hope everyone likes it. I, I'm happy with how the uh, uh, a class turned out. I feel like we have a lot of good diversity. We got defensive backs. We got a couple good running backs. We got our good receivers. We got some good interior guys, offense and defense. So I think it was a, a good class. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm 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 overall pretty happy with it. And I know some people talked about the Vincent 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 Sneed guy, and they were like, that was more of like us not wanting him, and we kind of let him walk because of other guys we knew that were coming. Like maybe, but like I'm still never going to turn down a four star guy who competes really hard that's on the defensive line. So that was the only one that maybe I would have been like, all right, like I kind of wish he would have stayed. But then again, like he ended up going to Indiana. So I don't know how many other high level schools were on him. Yeah, exactly. You don't really see a lot of big time defensive linemen going to Indiana. Correct. Correct. So who knows? Um, yeah. Well, I think that was a great pod. I think we were able to um, give the people what they want, a little breakdown on these guys and uh, let them know our, our point of view. So, Appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, thank you for coming out. Don't forget to subscribe, like, turn on that notification bell on YouTube uh, to review and follow on all your podcast platforms. Uh, please tell all your friends and family about us. Uh, tweet us at, uh, at Kyler Kerbison on Twitter for me, at rbacon26 for Reed, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account. Um, let us know what you thought. Uh, have any questions? We would love to answer them. And you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Kyler Kerbison. And then uh, if you want to reach out over text, call or um, 
email. Our email is believe in Tennessee football at gmail.com. Phone number is 865-322-9232. So uh, feel free to uh, reach out. Um, appreciate it again. And as always, go Vols. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.